this Sunday evening. It is a um, a beautiful evening, even though uh, we did get some thunder and lightning and rain, um, but we needed it. Uh, we uh, want to welcome you tonight. I'm so glad that you're able to join us online. Uh, we had scheduled a picnic today at, uh, at the church, but with the weather, we were going to move it into the gym, but with all the food and the tables, it would have just been very constrictive um, and not a lot of activity able to, to happen. And so we will postpone the, the uh, picnic and we'll have it another time. And I know it'll be a great time uh, with the church family. Hey, take just a minute. And uh, right whatever, as everybody is gathering right now, uh, make sure that you check in and uh, put your name, where you're watching from, and I know it'll be a blessing. Um, I, uh, I'm thank very thankful for what God did this morning. I told you uh, this morning in church we had our starting point class today, and uh, this is the first of three weeks, and we had some unusual things for starting point. Number one, we're, we were short on classroom space. So I had to use a classroom upstairs um, in, in school desks, which is not ideal for a, uh, a new member's class. And uh, first impressions are lasting impressions, and we were upstairs. And, uh, and plus we had, we had right at 30 uh, in our new member's class today. And so um, uh, the room was full. We're gonna have to move locations for next week, and we'll let everybody know what that is. But man, what an exciting day to have, uh, and just tremendous families. I, I could not be more humbled and more pleased and more excited about uh, the folks that God is adding to Front Range. And I, I'm just uh, delighted and like I said, humbled to, uh, to be your pastor and very thankful for the opportunity to uh, unite with these, with these folks and, uh, and, to, and to see their passion for Christ. And so I uh, pray for, our starting point class, it'll go the next two weeks, and uh, I know it'll be a wonderful time for our new members. Uh, also, I want to say that um, next week, we will have a, a lunch with uh, provided by our Spanish ministry. They will be providing a, a wonderful lunch. Uh, we were going to do that for the picnic today, but we're going to move that. Uh, the lunch portion will be next week. It'll be, and this is a fundraiser for our Spanish ministry. It'll help uh, offset some scholarships for our uh, uh, some of the, the children in our Spanish ministry to be able to go to our um, academy. And so uh, hopefully you'll be able to come out and support them. And I'm just delighted about what God's doing in our school. And uh, that, that fundraiser will be a big part of helping students in our school. But uh, uh, the school, our, our enrollment is up this year. And there's just a great spirit, and I'm so thankful for um, for what God is is doing at the school, and uh, the outreach, and and just the, the the families that the Lord has brought to Front Range Baptist Academy. I'm so excited. Uh, we have several new uh, uh, classes, and and just uh, working with um, uh, some new faculty, and just looking forward to a great school year. School kicks off a week from tomorrow. I'm sorry for all the kids, but it is a week from tomorrow, uh, school kicks off. This week kicks off our, uh, our in-service, uh, teachers in-service training. They come in and they, they go through a, a time of training and um, getting prepared for this next school year, getting all the classrooms ready. And of course, so much has already been accomplished ahead of time. Our teachers are doing a great job, but uh, anticipating a great school year. And so pray for our school and, 
Uh, pray that God will, God will use this school year in a mighty way. Also, uh, I want to encourage you uh, to pray um, for our missions conference coming up. We have, we have our missions conference in September. We'll be telling you more about that in the next few weeks. Uh, but missions conference comes up in September. And uh, this is a time we set aside. We start on Wednesday. We meet on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the evenings of those of those week that week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then uh, it culminates on Sunday morning with our missionaries. But we are going to have a, a tremendous group of missionaries with us uh, looking for these taking on these missionaries for support. And this is the this is the business of the church, and I am I, I love missions conference week. It's always a wonderful time. It is a a recharge and a reset about God's calling in people's lives. We get to hear from some tremendous and choice servants of God, people that have surrendered to go to the field, and so you don't want to miss that. So uh, it's on the church calendar. Get it on your calendar. Mark it down and just commit right now. I'm gonna be there. And I'm going to have my kids there, and I'm going to be praying for that, that God will impact all of us and do a work in our church, and that we can be a blessing to the missionaries um, as they're looking for support, presenting their burden and their need to get to the field. And we want to, we want to partner with them and help them. And this is just, a, a missions conference is always a highlight of the year. And so make sure you get that on your calendar and be a part of, uh, of missions conference this year. Hey, get your Bible. Get your Bible and look at 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Peter has been writing about uh, authentic Christians, what it means to be a true, genuine article, having the divine nature, being born from above, having the life of God in us, growing in that life. The Christian life is a life of growth. We are adding to our faith, virtue and temperance and a brotherly kindness and all those things. Um, and so Peter's writing about that, making, making sure of our calling and election, that we are walking, not only growing in our Christian faith, but that we, that we have assurance of our faith. So we have confidence in that and, uh, and walking in that faith boldly and courageously in the world. And um, Peter, Peter really puts all of that assurance back on the word of God. We have a sure word of prophecy and we are born again because the Bible says so. Salvation is by grace through faith because the Bible says so. It's in the finished work of Jesus Christ because the scripture says so. And everything that a Christian has and believes and stands on is in the foundation of the word of God. And so that's authentic Christianity. And why is Peter... Why is Peter so insistent here on shoring up these Christians in their faith? Well, because in chapter two, he says there are going to be false teachers among you. And there, there's going to be a, a deluge of false prophets, false teachers, and, and, and more so as the days get shorter. And we see in the last days, there are going to be these false teachers. Paul talked about that. In the last days, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, um, and they turn away and they shipwreck the faith of people. And uh, Paul talked about in the last days, they give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Um, remember, Satan has his ministers and say, they appear as ministers of righteousness. I've told you many times, when you're looking for the devil, don't forget to look in the pulpit. 
And, and it comes back to what they do with the word of God. Are they just preaching the word of men? Are they preaching the tradition of man and making that? That's what Jesus, Jesus upbraided the Pharisees. He said, you're teaching the traditions of men as though they are the commandments of God. And the commandments of God are, uh, are the real article. And that's what Christians ought to be basing their life upon. And so we got to get into the word of God. And these false teachers are going to bring in damnable heresies they're going to bring in lasciviousness and a license to sin. They turn the grace of God into, into sin. And, uh, and this, is, uh, this is so prevalent today. We're seeing it everywhere today. And, um, and, and all the while, we are hastening towards judgment. And we're hastening to the coming of Christ. And so Peter is, is really shoring up these people in their faith that we need some authentic Christianity in the face of uh, false doctrine, false teaching, uh, a false grace, a false salvation, in a in an artificial world, we need uh, uh, we need authentic Christians. And so he, he's coming to the 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 end of this uh, book and the climax of it. He's he's really giving them uh, the last exclamation point of why we need to be authentic in our faith, and that is because Christ is coming again. And these false teachers um, are denying that. And, and if we're not careful, uh, we will soon be shaken in trouble. Paul talked about that. We'll be shaken and troubled in our mind. And that we're going to be deceived and we're going to be uh, moved away from the, from the clear teaching of the word of God about the soon return of Jesus Christ. And ultimately the tribulation and the judgment of the world and of Israel. And then the return of Christ to set up his kingdom. And uh, what a day that's going to be. We have a bright future. But in the meantime, we want to be authentic so that we are not ashamed that it's coming. And, and Peter's going to talk about that. He's going to set all of that in order. But first tonight, we're going to look at this third chapter. And we're going to talk about these scoffers and the coming of Christ. Father, bless these next few moments as we open your word and we, we hear clearly. We're living in a day filled with people who scoff at and mock at the truths of God's word, making a mockery of what you have done. And Lord, I pray that we would be aware of it, that we would stand fast in the faith, we would be rooted and grounded and unmovable and always abounding in your work. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in verse number one of chapter three, Peter says, the second epistle, beloved, I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you might be mindful or have your mind filled with the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, that's the Old Testament, and uh, of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. That is the New Testament. Peter is stirring them up, waking them up. Remember I said this morning, we need to be, uh, we need to be awake in a world that is going woke. Uh, and we need to have our minds filled with the word of God. We have to be strong in the word of God and it has to dwell in us richly and we need to be stirred back up. It's so easy as believers to get caught up in the world uh, events, uh, whether it's COVID and whether it's, uh, whether it's politics and 
Donald Trump and Joe Biden and inflation and Ukraine and Russia and China and Taiwan and Nancy Pelosi and, and the local elections and, and all of those things can become, uh, they can become things that distract us and fill our minds with confusion, with fear, with doubt, anxiety, uh, anger, frustration. And believe it, listen, the thing that clears it all out is a mind full of the word of God. Stir up the remembrance of what the Bible says and remember that we're moving towards the coming of Christ. We're moving towards the consummation of the age when God makes all things right. That's coming and you have to see life through the lens of the scripture. And that's what Peter's doing here. And he says this, he says, now I wanna stir your minds up and put you in remembrance of what the old prophets said in the Old Testament, what we apostles have said by the commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ, what we have given you in the New Testament. And he said, now, here's the first thing I want you to know. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, this is an order here. Before Christ comes, there's another sure coming, and that is the coming of the scoffers, walking after their own lusts or their own desires, their own appetites, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing in the water and out of the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth that which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto against the day of judgment, or reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition or damnation or destruction of ungodly men. Notice the phrase that Peter uses over and again, that by the same word, that by the word of God, that by the word, that by the word, that by the word. And Peter's talking about the word of God from verse one to verse seven, he's declaring the word of God. And what he is saying here in this passage of scripture that, there are going to come scoffers preceding the coming of Christ. And do not be alarmed by those scoffers. Uh, the, the, this word scoffers in verse, number, um, in verse number three, knowing this verse that there shall come in the last days, scoffers. This verse is only used one other time in the scripture and that is over in the book of Jude, just a few pages back in the New Testament, Jude and verse 18. Listen to this. He says here, how that they told you there should be mockers. He said, remember the words of the apostles, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. Uh, now, this is, this is imperative because every one of the apostles, Paul talked about it. They will heed to themselves these teachers having itching ears. Uh, they, they're gonna teach and preach and walk after their own lust. Paul talked about it, Peter talked about it, Jude refers to it, that this is a surety, that these scoffers are coming. The word is empiketes uh, in the Greek, empiketes, uh, and it means here, uh, it has a root for the false teachers that we talked about in 2 Peter 2. These false teachers are now referred to as scoffers and mockers. And um, it, it, it means that they're laughing at, making light of the things that God has said in his word. 
And can I tell you today that we're seeing this all across, not just from the ungodly world. They've always done that. The unsaved world is always mocked at God. But this is coming from within. Remember, there are false teachers among you. This is coming from within those who claim to be religious, those who seem to have a name of righteousness, and they come with this mocking and and scoffing at what God says. It's interesting that the root of that word, mocking and scoffing, the root of that, it implies that they're speaking unintelligibly as if imitating a foreigner. Uh, they're, They're trying to say words in another language that they don't understand. And they speak unintelligibly. And we're seeing this today from pulpits across the land, from many of the mega church uh, leaders and a lot of this new age, new world order type church where it is all about you and psychology and and um, this, this message of self and selfishness and, and name it and claim it and better your lives and all these things. The message there is walking after their own desires, reaching after what they want in their own lusts, and they use a language that they don't understand. They use the word of God to mean something else, and it comes out as scoffing and mocking, and uh, they're speaking things they do not understand. And that's the implication here, that these scoffers are coming in the last days. Paul referred to this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, or uh, 1 Thessalonians, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when he talks about in the last days there would be a great falling away, an apostasy. The apostasy of those who, who should be in the truth, who are speaking now things that are not the truth before preceding the coming of Christ. And uh, these scoffers are laughing and deriding things that they don't even understand. And the Bible tells us here that they're willingly ignorant of it. And so here's what I want to say. This is what Peter is telling us. He said, look, I want to stir up your minds. I want to get you awake. I want you to be aware of what's going on in the world. Authentic Christians need to see things through the lens of God's word. We need to know the word of God, have a mindful of the word of God, have our lives filtered through the word of God and know that these scoffers are coming first. And we need to have enough biblical foundation to withstand what the scoffers are saying. We've got to have enough biblical understanding so that we can see clearly through their scoffing and see beyond that at the truth of what God's word says. Because I'm telling you right now, friend, that the day is here when the whole world, even the religious world, is going to turn against true Bible believers We are going to be the fanatics. They're going to be the ones that under the auspice of love, under the auspices of of compassion, and even in the name of Jesus, they are going to accept anything and everything at the violation of the very commands of God. And this is a dangerous world. These are false teachers, false uh, doctrines. They're really doctrines of devils. And the believer must not fall prey to it. He's got to stand in the assurance of the word of God. So I want you to notice a couple things to authentic believers that Peter is really shoring up. Number one is the fact of the scoffers. It's a fact. Knowing this first, that there shall in the last days 
come scoffers. Before the coming of Christ, there will be the coming of the scoffers. And the, and the, and the crazy thing about all of this is, the, the, very, the irony of it is, is that these very same people who are scoffing and denying the coming of Christ, they're making fun of the validity of Scripture, are themselves fulfilling it. In their denial of Christ coming and their denial of the truth and the validity of Scripture, they are validating it by their own scoffing. Because the same scripture that they're denying predicted their presence and predicted their scoffing. The same scripture that they are mocking predicted their mocking. And so this is uh, an exclamation point in the validation of the word of God is that these same scoffers are coming along and they are proof that the Bible is in fact the word of God. And these scoffers are treating lightly what we ought to be taking seriously. Remember this. In fact, take your Bible very quickly and turn over to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. Scoffers always precede judgment. They always precede judgment. You'll remember, uh, uh, as you're finding Luke 17, let me just remind you of what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, wisdom was calling and God's wisdom was calling and calling and calling and calling to men, but they were mocking at it. They were laughing at it. They were scoffing at it. They mocked God's wisdom and God said, your judgment is coming. And when it comes, God said, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock. I will mock in that day. And, and this is not a God sadistically mocking those who are suffering. This is a God who is uh, predicting that those scoffers who are scoffing at judgment are going to be scoffed by their judgment. And this is, this is the scary thing, but scoffers always uh, precede judgment. Notice in uh, Luke chapter 17 and verse 25. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. So Christ was going to be rejected. He was going to be mocked and scoffed. They mocked him over and over and over again. Verse 26, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat and they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone. Uh, this, is, this is the prediction that just like in the days of Noah and of Lot, there were men scoffing at them. Remember, Noah preached all those years, 120 years, he preached about the coming judgment and they mocked him. They scoffed at him. They rejected him. They ate, they drank, they got married, they went about their lives. They carried on pursuing their own desires, oblivious of the coming judgment, ignoring the coming judgment until it came. Same with Lot. In fact, the Bible says that when Lot came to warn his son-in-laws, that he seemed to them as one that mocked them. This mocking attitude, this scoffing attitude, this taking serious things lightly is the reproach of the scoffer. There is a fact that these scoffers are, are preceding judgment, just like they did in Noah's day, just like they did in Lot's day, so shall they when the Son of Man cometh. And why do they scoff? Why do they scoff? Because they're living in sin. Notice in verse number three, these last days, these are scoffers walking after their own lusts. Same thing that Jude said about these mockers who are walking after their own lusts. 
These people are mocking this and they're scoffing at it because of their sinful lifestyle. They're living in sin. They're pursuing sin. And so they mock at what the Bible says about judgment against sin. You see, here's what happens. When the Bible contradicts your lifestyle, then you're faced with a choice. You either change your lifestyle or you change the Bible. And false teachers and apostates and this liberal agenda, it changes truth to fit their own desires. They've changed the truth of God into a lie, Paul said in the book of Romans. Not only does the ungodly world do that, but those in the name of God do that, where they change the truths of God into a lie. And they, instead of changing their lives, they change the Bible. And uh, uh, that's what the apostates do. So I want you to see the fact of the scoffers. Church, be aware and just settle it in your heart and mind. Scoffers are here and they're here to stay until the coming of the Lord. And just like Noah had to endure it, and just like the prophets had to endure it, and just like Jesus had to endure it, there is a day of judgment and a day of reckoning coming. And so let's be faithful in the face of it. But authentic Christians have to have a mindful of scripture to endure that because it is here. It's a fact of the scoffers. Number two, very quickly, I want to show you not only that, but I want you to see the foolishness of the scoffers. Notice this, the foolishness of the scoffers. Watch verse number four. This is what they say. Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep or since the fathers died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, the earth that then was being overflowed with water perished. That's talking about Noah's flood. And these same heavens and this earth that are now are by that same word reserved unto fire, kept in store unto the day of judgment. Now listen very carefully as we come to the close of this. Here's the foolishness of these scoffers. They use the approach that the world has continued unjudged and unchanged from the beginning. So therefore, the conclusion is it shall continue unchanged and unjudged to the end. And their foolishness is this. And this is what Peter's repeating over and over again. Their foolishness is that they are ignoring willfully the word of God. This they are willingly ignorant of that God made the word, world by his word and this world is kept in store by his word and everything lives and falls on the word of God. They are ignorant of the word of God. They're ignoring the word of God and here's what they're doing. They are putting their confidence in the materialistic universe. They're putting their confidence in nature. They're putting their confidence in the natural things that can be seen and heard and felt and logic out. And what they don't understand is that there is a material universe, but there is a spiritual universe. There is a spiritual world. And this material world is based and founded on the spiritual world. God created this world. And the same God that spoke it into creation is the same God that will speak it out of creation. And, and God is uh, in control. He is the sovereign God and he is the sovereign ruler overall. And these people are willingly ignorant of his word. Notice the foolishness of this. Now watch this. 
There is something glaring here. There's an omission here. And I want you to see it. This is vitally important. They look back all the way back to creation, back to their beginning, to their fathers, to Adam, to Moses, to, to Abraham. They look all the way back to the beginning. And they say, look, for thousands of years, the world has stood unchanged from them. Where is the promise of this one? And they, 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 they completely ignore the word of God. And not only that, but they omit the most incredible part of human history. They go all the way back to the beginning and notice what's missing. What's missing in their observation of history. What's missing in their, in their view of the past. What is missing? Jesus. They have immediately and willingly and ignorantly skipped all of the history of Jesus Christ. They, where is, where is, they go all the way back to the creation. They go from creation forward through history to establish their confidence in the materialistic world. But notice that they overlook the spiritual truth of God sending his son into the world and that God sent his son into this world. They overlook the, the immaculate, Im amazing virgin birth of Jesus Christ. They, they overlook his sinless life. They overlook his substitutionary death. They overlook his burial. And they overlook his victorious, glorious resurrection. In the scoffer's foolishness, they see human history without Christ. See, and this is really the issue of the age. The issue of the age is what will men do with Jesus? The problem with the modern day church is we speak of Jesus all the while he's outside the church knocking to get in. We, we don't have him in our midst. Uh, we, we don't preach him. We, we preach a social gospel and not a, not a saving gospel. We don't confront sin. We don't deal with man's need for repentance and forgiveness and restoration and rebirth through the life and the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, this is what the, the foolish scoffers are doing. They willingly ignore the word of God. They look over and beyond the life of Jesus Christ he is not mentioned in their view of human history. They say, look, look at the creation. From the beginning of the world, all things continue as they were. No, they don't. All things might have been continuing as they were, but they were interrupted by divine appointment when God entered into this world in human flesh and he confronted the world with its sin and he gave himself willingly for man and Emmanuel, God with us, died. God in that body on the tree reconciling the world unto himself that through him and by him, the world might be saved. They ignore that. They ignore that. Because to be confronted with Jesus is to be confronted with sin. To be confronted with sin is to be confronted with the means of forgiveness, which is repentance and trust and faith in Jesus Christ. That, that I have to turn to Christ and be forgiven and transformed and become a new creature. And that's what the false teacher fears the most because that interferes with his life, with his sin and with his desires and with his agendas 
And therefore, Christ is to be ignored. In Christ ignored, all things are same. There is no coming of Christ. There is no second coming of Christ when we ignore his first coming. But friend, may I tell you, as surely as he came the first time, he is coming again. And unlike the first time, he is not coming in humility. The second coming, he's coming in glory. The first coming, he came in salvation. This, he is coming in sovereign rule. In the first coming, he came as a lion, or as a lamb. In the second coming, he's coming as a lion. In the first coming, he came as a savior. In the second coming, he's coming as king and Lord forever. No wonder they willfully ignore that. That's the day and age we live. And authentic Christians need to have our minds stirred up about what the prophets have said, what the apostles have said, and what the word of God says, because the word of God is all about one theme. It is about the redemption of, of man by the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a, what a joy it is that we know him as Savior. Hey, study this. Be prepared and be ready and anticipating the coming of Christ. Lord, I pray that in these days of the mockers and the scoffers and the unruly, that we as believers would be firm in our faith, that, Lord, we would stand with confidence and firmness and boldness in the word of God, unashamed of Jesus. The world laughs at him, mocks at him, scoffs at him, they deny him. What in the world could a man dying on a cross 2,000 years ago have any bearing or effect on my life? What does that have to do with me? And that's the scoffing attitude. But Lord, we know that all who come honestly and humbly to the cross of Calvary are forgiven and transformed and reborn from above. And they have found eternal life and a new kind of life in Jesus Christ. And those of us who have been saved are looking forward to your coming. Lord, even so come quickly. We pray for that in Jesus' name.